What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, we are about six weeks away from the trade deadline. So, it's about that time to start thinking about who would be a good fit in different scenarios, right? These, Some of these that you're about to hear are a bit out there, but that's why we do this, you know? So, you can hear different opinions, you know? Some of this comes from MLB.com, so we can kind of see what they're thinking and who would be a good fit in different playoff scenarios? Because like I said the other day, it's not early anymore. The playoff picture is starting to come together a little bit and teams have definitely laid stake in their positions. Like if you're the Rays, for example, you know that you're, you're gunning for that division title. If you're you know another team in the AL East, you know that you're probably gunning for that wild card. But here are some, Ideal trade deadline fits. So the Cardinals are struggling this year. It's actually pretty remarkable how how bad they've been. So there is an idea of sending Paul Goldschmidt to the Phillies. By the way, this is not a true report. These are just completely hypothetical. But let's say you send Paul Goldschmidt to the Phillies because the Phillies need a power threat at first base. Of course, Reese Hoskins is out for the season recovering from left ACL reconstruction surgery. He hopes to be back by the postseason, but I highly doubt it. But with Hoskins out, they're missing his production at first base. Yes, Cody Clemens has filled in admirably, but he just doesn't provide the pop that Reese Hoskins has traditionally brought to that first base position because Hoskins has averaged 36 homers per 162 games in his career. And the Phillies offense, it's dangerous on paper with Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, JT Realmuto. Castellanos and others, but it's still ranked in the middle of the pack from an MLB standpoint. When you look at all 30 teams, some of those guys have struggled. And if the Phillies are going to make a run of the World Series for a second consecutive year, they're going to need to improve that standing. They're going to need to improve themselves offensively. And Paul Goldschmidt seems to be the answer. Goldie isn't having a career year like he did in 2022, but he's still very productive at the plate. And his numbers actually align pretty closely with his career norms. He's also under contract through 2024, so that covers the Phillies with Hoskins actually set to become a free agent after this season. So he could become the Phillies' first baseman through the end of this year and also next year. The other scenario, hypothetical of course, is Corbin Burns to the D-backs. So the D-backs have the best one-two punch in baseball as far as pitchers go, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. Most people haven't realized that yet, but it's true. They're one of the season's most surprising teams, of course, you know, first place in the NL West, but their rotation has been a bit suspect behind Gallon and Kelly. I mean, those two guys have combined for a 3.07 ERA over 28 starts, but all the other guys in the rotation, other starters have posted a collective six flat ERA. So the answer would be Corbin Burns. I mean, there are other trade candidates like Marcus Stroman and Eddie Rodriguez, Eduardo Rodriguez. Those guys will have a lower price tag, but Corbin Burns should be Arizona's top target because the D-backs are ahead of schedule with their rebuild. So they shouldn't get short-sighted. They need to be thinking about 2023 and beyond. Corbin Burns allows them to do just that because he's controllable through 2024. And... He's been good this year, of course. You know, he had a rough start to the season, but, you know, he's 
had a 2.66 ERA in his past 12 starts. So Corbin Burns would be a great fit. Make a three-headed monster out there in Arizona. The next one, of course, hypothetical. Cody Bellinger to the Rangers. So the Rangers are playing really well this year. We know what they're doing. First in the AL West. They need a power bat in the outfield or at DH. They they have a lot of good hitters in the lineup. Honestly, if you look through their lineup, just look at any box score for the Rangers. You look at those OPS numbers, top to bottom, it's pretty remarkable. But they're really missing a slugger in the DH spot. They've tried nine different players there. Nobody's really emerged as a steady regular. And they have a 7-12 OPS from their DH spot, which ranks 24th in the majors. So it would be even better if they get a slugger who could play the outfield. And that's where Bellinger comes into play. So he's had a nice bounce back season so far in Chicago. He's had a 123 OPS plus, seven homers, nine steals in 37 games. I mean, he's only on a one-year deal with a mutual option for 2024. So he's a player the Cubs can afford to move. And the Rangers can definitely take a chance on him. I mean, the Rangers DH duties would let Bellinger stay off his feet as he returns from that left knee contusion. And then when he's ready, he could take over an outfield spot where he's obviously a top tier defender. This is, I say hypothetical, this is actually a trade I could see happening. Next is Alexis Diaz to the Rays. So Alexis Diaz, you know, relief pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. You know, I don't know about this one because yes, the Rays need bullpen help. And this is one of the more obvious needs out there. You know, the Rays rotation is set up well for any postseason series. You know, they're headed by you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, of course, Tyler Glass. Now, uh, you know, Shane McClanahan. You could say McClanahan is probably the best pitcher in baseball if you if you really want to get into it. But their relief group could use some work. I mean, their bullpen, 7.59 strikeouts per nine would be the Rays' lowest mark since 2011. So Alexis Diaz comes into play because, I mean, this is a guy who leads the National League with a 46.3% strikeout rate. You know, he has power fastball, high whiff slider. But will the Reds consider dealing him? You know, it's, it's unlikely. I mean, they are just one game out of first place in the NL Central. So it's highly unlikely. Yes, they could get a haul for him. To continue the rebuild if they're starting to think long term. But what does that, what message does that send to the fan base when you're finally winning enough to make things interesting that you just like kind of kick the can down the road? That's not gonna, that's not gonna be a good, uh, strategy, honestly, to retain, uh, attention or engagement from the fans because they're finally excited about watching the team. And it's like, oh, now you just trade our culture. Like, what the heck? We have to wait till next year or the year after. No, they're not gonna do that. So I, I, I highly doubt it. Another trade, last but not least, Tim Anderson to the Dodgers. So the Dodgers need a shortstop. We, we know Trey Turner left. Gavin Lux had a season-ending knee injury during spring training. Yes, Mookie Betts has made a few cameos at shortstop. You know, they've mostly plugged the hole with Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor. Rojas remains solid defensively, but the bat is really light, 507 OPS. And the Dodgers actually better serve when they play Chris Taylor elsewhere. So... The answer, Tim Anderson. I mean, White Sox have barely gotten more production than the Dodgers at short because Anderson has had a down year. But on the other hand, he does have that upside. You saw what he did the past few years. He's won a batting title, you know, really good numbers with the bat from 2019 through 2022. So maybe this is one of those things that the Dodgers want to roll the dice and see if 
TA can bounce back on the West Coast. The White Sox still have a shot at a weak AL Central, but if they end up selling the Dodgers and their number two ranked farm system would make for a very nice match. So those are some very hypothetical trade ideas as we're six weeks away from the deadline. We'll see how that goes. I mean, it's just something to start thinking about. And I think that Bellinger trade to Texas would make a lot of sense, honestly, especially since he's had a nice bounce back year. Speaking of Texas, we're just going to talk about one game from Thursday night. This was the Angels and Rangers. So the Angels beat the Rangers 5-3. Shohei Otani was on the mound. This man could do no wrong. On the mound, did his thing, but he also hit a home run to tie the MLB home run lead. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing another MVP year coming together for Mr. Shohei Otani because, of course, those big, those big leaderboard numbers are what people look at. Um, Otani now has 22 home runs to tie Pete Alonso for the major league lead. Of course, we know Alonso has been out for, for about a week now with injury. He's going to be out for a continued amount of time, but Otani, Hits a home run to left center in the eighth inning. An absolute bomb. 22nd of the year. 443 feet for Shohei. How much money is this guy going to get in free agency? I mean, I mean, this is, this is uncharted territory. So with the bat now, Otani's hitting 301 with a 1002 OPS, 22 home runs, which leads the majors. On the mound last night, he went six innings with two earned runs. How much money is Shohei Otani going to command on the open market this offseason? I mean, he, he very well could mess around with another MVP this year. I don't know. We're going to wait and see. Could he become the first half a billion player? I think he very well might. I really think he will. But we'll leave the question here. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll end on that. You guys can chew on that one for a little bit, but that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.